Metricast. I got home and, you know, I was in the bathroom and I was doing something last night and I looked up and I, for the first time, and I've been doing this work for a while, for a hot minute, for the first time I looked at myself and I was like, wow, you look beautiful. I love you. I am so proud of you. And I was, I wasn't shocked that I said it. I wasn't. And I I was in complete acceptance and I just wept and I haven't cried probably. And it's been a year easy. And it was the most powerful moment. And I just sat with myself in there and why that had so much meaning for me is because I sit with myself for two seconds in my addiction and I can now use that to inspire my clients that this can be you too. Welcome beautiful souls to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the Cosmic Love Antenna and another deep spiritual and loving conversation into a topic that I know is going to hit your hearts and ignite your passion and your soul. Today, I have a beautiful friend, guest, and cosmic lover with me to talk about all all things spiritual resilience and the spiritual path to move through addictions, move through a lot of escapism, move through a lot of disconnection that we face on our spiritual path. For people that are joining new today, before I get into everything, I welcome you either on the podcast or live in Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Remember that if you want to engage with us today, please leave your comments in the comment section and uh, share this out with a friend and a lover that you think can gain some value out of this topic today. The beautiful loving guest that I have on the show today is the divine Kelly Bazzani. Kelly is a certified master life coach. She is a facilitator in her own right. And just to be honest and authentic, she is a deep loving friend that I've been able to connect to over the last few months. And with her help today, we're going to go deep into all things spiritual resilience. Kelly, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Harrison, I cannot tell you how honored I am to be here with you today. I feel our souls met and became just intimate right away. Every time I hear you speak and get the opportunity to hear you speak, I just instantly feel like my heart is at peace. So I'm so honored to be here with you today. Well, Kelly, I receive your love and I'm going to boomerang it right back at you as we get started here. You know, it's one thing to to acknowledge someone's love. It's another thing to make the active choice to radiate it back. And I think that's a big part of your heart. And, you know, it aligns with this topic today. And I, I just want to get straight into it. You know, I, I know that you've moved through addictions and and 
those addictions in themselves as they have shown up in my world have really brought gifts and insights to help us stand in that resilient space that you just talked about. So I'm wondering if you can share some of your own experience with moving through your own addictions and what that looked like and how that helped you get to this resilient state of presence that you hold. Biggest piece I took out of that was you can't ask others what you don't feel you're worthy of receiving. Right. And so I can't be like, well, I want love and I want acceptance and I want, you know, people to be, you know, feel worthy of me. I can't ask people for that if I don't feel I'm worthy of receiving that. And so I had to start on this journey where, and I, and I say this all the time and I feel like I can't say it enough that in order to love who I am, I can't hate the experiences that shaped me. Mm. So my journey has consisted of me going on this spiritual journey and Carl Jung, who's one of my like favorite people, right. That says in order to truly, truly get spiritual, you have to bring the unconscious to the conscious and really get intimate with it. Yeah. Which a lot of people are afraid to do. So they're looking for external things to do that for them, which in all means, please do that. Right. Like if you, if you want to yoga and, and you temple, and you want to go find other ways to do that. That's wonderful. But where you're going to find that true emotional resilience is really within yourself. It's all within yourself. Uncovering those layers. And so for myself, through addiction and, and making these choices that I'm accountable for today that led me down this path of, of destruction, destructive choices and addictive behaviors, I was my little self, right, that I was born with, my pure, innocent self was just buried with layers of guilt and shame and resentment and anger and fear. And I had to peel back all those levels of that to get to my true, authentic self in order to find that emotional resilience and spiritual resilience. Oh, I love it, Kelly. It's it, it, it's so interesting you know, hearing your beautiful journey and what you've moved through and how similar it is to not just my own experience, but I know a lot of people that are tuning in to the show that tune in regularly and people that I've supported and all the, all the sort of the audience that, that tunes into this broadcast, because it's not a Kelly thing. It's not a Harrison thing. This is a, a spiritual journey that we all must walk. And based off that that onion analogy that you gave, Kelly, the pulling back of the heart layers. I had a question come in from the community today that relates to what you're saying that I want to get your thoughts on. Another way of describing those heart layers are soul fragments, right? In in the shamanistic perspective, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but just to explain it for everyone, when we have some kind of trauma or unforgiveness or pain, these layers of the heart become fragments of the soul, but they don't fully detach. They become in stasis in our field. And this is what happens, this is what it means to be triggered, right? Those pieces become triggered. So my question for you, Kelly, is how do we, how do we, with our spiritual resilience in our process, how do we bring those pieces, those fragments back into our heart? What 
what what do you apply in this process? I love that question. So what I found myself doing, because I, I was doing that as well, right, is I was speaking through the filters of my wounds. And and what my favorite thing about that is like, you know, I'm not the one that that cut you. So stop making me bleed. Right. And, and so I was. And so triggers are our responsibilities. You know, if we find ourselves triggered, that is where the work is. And that is where we can learn so much, because what was happening is it was coming to me and it was like they're doing something to me these little fragments and it was taken away from me. And then I started changing that to the spiritual, emotional resilience of this is happening for me. Like, what can I learn when I'm being triggered so I can, you know, apply it to my experience and, and learn to, so I can find my authentic self. And so how I would say that to me is like, how is this contributing to my problem by either my reaction or my inaction when I'm getting triggered. So it taught me how to go from being, you know, emotionally reactive to factually responsive. And it helped my resilience and my spirituality grow when those things happen. I love it. I want to throw another word in here, Kelly, because I know this is going to add on to this practice. You know, that reframe of this happening for me instead of to me is very much the metamorphosis of the victim into the empowered soul right and i know you talk a lot about this and i know a big role and a big part of that transformation is the alchemy of starting to use gratitude in all those pieces so as you start saying you know, this is happening for me. Gratitude starts to come into your awareness around. Oh, this is this is now a tool in itself that I can use. So I'm wondering if you can speak to the power of gratitude at this point in the journey. I love gratitude. So that whole process we just talked about—it's a painful process because if you notice everything we're talking about, it's like I, 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 right? Accountability. Like you have to be like, oh, where am I responsible? Because Harrison, if we're waiting for other people to shift or change, we might be waiting a long time. So we get to do the shifting or changing, which is so beautiful because that's where the alchemy happens. We're, we're the magician. We're the alchemists. We get to choose how we want to do things. So level of gratitude. You know, I talked about this on another podcast I was just on. Uh, I hear a lot of people say, like, I don't have time. I don't have time to do gratitude. I don't have time. And I was one of those. I was the queen of like, I don't have time. And that's one of the most spiritual gifts you can give to yourself. And the best project you're going to work on is you. And I sit down with a one minute gratitude journal at the end of my day one minute and I end my day and I don't care. Some days I do have some, you know, like things go right in my day and it's like, wow, other days don't go as great as others. Let's be real. Like I'm not a toxic positivity person, but that's part of it too. Resilience is looking at a situation and being positive about it, but with realistic eyes, you just don't get fixated on the negative, right? And so I'll sit with my gratitude and be like, that didn't really go as planned, but it happened for me so I could learn boundaries or I could learn 
how to change my view as a businesswoman or this. So I practice that gratitude and then I go to bed with that happy heart and then I wake up in gratitude and it's an exercise I practice just as frequently as my physical body because we hear all the time that we are human beings living a a spiritual experience. No, we're spiritual beings living a human experience. So we have got to exercise our spiritual muscles as much as we're exercising our human bodies, right? This is just a case we're encompassed in. The real work is right here when we do that three foot drop from our head to our heart in yeah. gratitude. I, I lo- the the image that you gave of the the muscle of this of these of our spiritual anatomy or our spiritual organs in many way is such a perfect image because you know I was speaking to this I was speaking to a client about this yesterday our our greatest our greatest power is not our ability to control our greatest power is our ability to choose is to decide is to have choice and one of the biggest choices we can make is deciding to be devotional to self or be resilient to self or be grateful to self and expand that frequency right expand that spiritual anatomy or spiritual set of organs that we have and now this is where i want to get your perspective on kelly let's go a little bit deeper here do you think we are judged whether we make that choice or not and let me give a bit of context to this i see a lot of people along this spiritual resilient journey where they're awakening they're moving through addictions they're moving through pain they're coming back to their power but then they get stuck in the other end they get stuck in this sort of overdoing the overhealing the feeling like they need to do all the things otherwise they're either not enough and or they will be judged when they get to the end and something bad will happen so I'm wondering if you could speak to this, Kelly, and what comes up for you around this. I've been on all those spectrums (laughs) (laughs) because I'm an addict. And so I do everything, you know, when I, when I I get teased all the time, because they're like, when you do something, you do it, whether it's good or bad. Right. So in my addiction, I was all the way, you know, living in my car, eating out of trash cans. I mean, eight years ago to then when I got clean and sober, I went all the way to not feeling like I was doing enough and trying to make up, you know, so trying to find that balance. I tell people all the time, like I was the black sheep in my family in my addiction. And now I'm the black sheep in my family. Cause I went to the other end of like, I'm, I'm not using substances and alcohol. So I was like going to Joshua tree and doing crystals and then meditating and this and that. Right. So I feel like you know, finding that balance of what is your unique spiritual journey for you. And so what, who, how can we judge, you know, people come to me and they're like, they want like a roadmap direction of how to get to their own soul spiritually. And it's like, it's taking that time to be quiet with yourself And your psyche will only allow in what it can handle at that time and more revealed to you as you continue to heal. This isn't like a, you start 
point here and you stop point here, right? It's a continuous revealing and unveiling of your spiritual self. And then it will magnetically attract people to you that are at that same vibration. And as you continue to ascend, it will, your psyche will bring people to you that magnetic, look at us. I am. Yeah. Right. And so it just, as you keep going, it's, it's not like, you know, that's what it came to me. Like I started, I went to Joshua tree. I felt moved and called to like go on this certain trail. I had a spiritual awakening there. Then I came home and I'm like, you know, I really want to find out more crystals. Right. And then I started to sage and I, that felt really good to me. And then I started knowing when the things were and just kind of doing some manifestations. Right. But I think people, and I know I was too afraid of, you know, when my sensory started to kick in, when I started to kind of like get downloads and I was like, what, what is that? And so my word would be for everybody out there, allow, allow, right? Because what's the best, you know, instead of saying what's the worst thing that can happen, I say, what's the best thing that could happen? Yeah. I I want to add a little asterisk onto that allow word, Kelly, because I think it's I think it's beautiful. And I think it's allow slash surrender because often the reason we aren't allowing is because not because our that spiritual essence inside of us that you were just describing is guiding us and 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 leaving us relaxed and feeling you know like we're in the flow it's not because of that it's usually because one of our ego personas our ego identities the one of the masks we think we should be in is directing us in a way that we think we should be going and that is causing suffering right that is causing i'm not there yet right i haven't achieved the thing yet i haven't met the person i haven't got the job i haven't awakened to that theoretical state yet so it's and i'll get your thoughts on this i think it's allowing that flow to move through us and surrendering all masks of perception that we may think we are what are your thoughts on this did you see how my like i I dislocated my neck i'm all so yes right like carl Jung talks about those four archetypes we are human beings they're not human doings and so we're like i need to do this and do this and do this and do this to get to where i need to be and if we just surrender i always say surrender and acceptance of of who we're become becoming right and so when we surrender like i tell my clients and stuff it's not surrendering like i give up or give in it's surrendering to the experience and so when because when you're so hyper focused on like i'm not there yet and i'm not where i want to be and instead of like opening up the horizon because when you're looking at those four archetypes right and you're in that ego space instead of that heart space the ego doesn't know the difference between real and perceived threat. It's just perceived. It's not real. And so when you're looking at that persona, those are the overdeveloped qualities that people were like, oh, Harrison, I really liked it when you come to parties and you do A, B, and C. And so we hyperdevelop those qualities. And then we've got the anima and the animate, like the male and the female roles of of masculinity and 
Penny, right? And then we have those roles that like people were like, Harrison, I really didn't like when you did the A, B, and C. And so we suppress those. And let's just be really clear, a persona, just because people have told you that's what they like about you, that's not who you are. And so to get to like the humanness of like who you are, you need to get quiet with yourself and be like, do I really like those things about me? What do I like about me? Do I like the things about me that that people didn't like? When people tell me that I'm too loud, do I like when I have a voice? Because I get to redefine that any way I like to redefine that to become who I who I want to be. So it's a whole journey of discovery. And it's just it's it's so I cannot describe the inner freedom. When you get to choose differently and you're not defined by the limitations and the programming that you that you were like, that's all the that's all the human encasing. But when you allow your soul to go, who do I want to be like, I get to choose that. Everything changes. It's a game changer. It's a world changer. Yeah, we can we can feel it, Kelly. We can feel it coming out of you. I can I can feel it <laughs> radiating out of you. And I just want to make this very clear for everyone tuning in, right, either on the podcast or live. And I see all your beautiful comments in the Facebook chat. Thank you, Soul Tribe, for joining today. If we can feel it in Kelly, that means it's in us, right? If I can feel the freedom that's pouring out of Kelly as she describes this liberation, this resilient liberation, it means it's inside of me. Which brings me to another question I want to throw at you here along this journey as we awaken through addictions and come back into our liberated soul. I've noticed, Kelly, and you spoke about this a second ago, and I want to go deeper on it. As we start to release those masks and those identities and personas, and we allow the spirit to speak through the human vessel, it's very easy for us to go off into the cosmos like we start getting as you said we start getting all the gifts we start getting all the downloads we start having our clear senses activated and we start being up there rather than being down here so the question i throw at you kelly what do you think is the importance of grounding and coming back into the earth or the body along this resilient conversation that we're having today? Great question. I love that question. Consciousness. So you started the podcast by saying, um, you know, let's the consciousness of, of being and it's, and you started by talking about connection. So at any point in our journey, we are either forming connection or disconnection with ourselves or other people. And I find, and just, this is just like a a little side note, especially in the past couple of years, there's been so much like separation and disconnection and we can wake up and like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, or to your point, I, if I could live in the 5d my whole life, I would live in the 5d. And so I consciously wake up every morning And I choose power of choice. I wake up and I say, I'm consciously choosing not to drink and use today. 
And then what do you need to do with that, right? How does that look? And so I practice my four steps of internal happiness. How do I want to feel today? So I have to ground myself before I reach for my cell phone, before my feet touch the floor, before I look at the alarm clock, before anything. How do I want to feel today? Grounded, peaceful, accomplished. How do I want to feel? And then I align my activities around that throughout my day so that I'm not sitting there like managing my circumstances, right? I'm like in a state of readiness. So throughout my day, if I want to wander off spiritually or I want to get busyness in the like humanness of life, I remember my words to do by list. So if I'm feeling stressed, I'm like, is this aligning with wanting to feel grounded or peaceful or accomplished? No. And so then I have to ground again, whether that's going outside and putting my feet in the, in the ground, pressing my face up to the sunlight, however that is. And then I do a reset. Or if I find myself in the humanness of life, like I'm not feeling good enough. I'm not, how did I want to feel today? Grounded, accomplished. So I have that process for myself. With the reasons. I also believe I love what I do. And when you love what you do, you do with purpose on purpose. Yeah. And that is also part of the emotional resilience. Yeah. Let's speak about that, Kelly. You read my... You read my heart because this is, this is a, something that I have started recently talking about more and more. And uh, for people that are interested, Kelly and I met, met in a beautiful mentors group mentor. It's called the mentor studio. And it's a group of uh, individuals, professionals coming together to collaborate and connect and help each other. And uh, I'm preparing for a, a, a chat and a presentation that I'm giving this week. And one of the things I'm going to talk about that I want to share with you here now and get your reflections on is when we, when we show up, not, not just on purpose, but we show up with the intention of service to help someone, right. To, to guide someone, to educate someone, to teach someone much like we're doing here on the podcast right now. In that, if you want to call it energy or frequency of service, it is not just healing for the person receiving our service, it's also healing for us. And the way I describe that is because you're giving yourself permission in that moment for the small personas and the masks and the identities that we were just speaking about to fall away and more of your higher self, your presence of love, your passion to to move through you and that that heals you so i'm wondering one what are your thoughts on this kelly and have you noticed this along your journey so my biggest spiritual awakening happened to me in jail and i um got i think humility is a really big part of this journey and when that spiritual awakening happened, I, I chose in that moment to dedicate the rest of my life doing this work. And I have. And I just, I need to do a shout out to Harrison really quick because we were on this health and wellness forum and he was on the panel and I had to turn my camera off because I was so um, 
in my, in my soul with what he was saying that I needed to close my eyes and let it just hit me in a way that like, it was, it was, it hit me at such a deep soul level. And we spoke about it afterwards. And I was telling him that the reason I resonate with, with Harrison so much is because when I speak with my clients, right, I serve as a vessel and I get the downloads. And every time I speak, whether it's on a podcast or with a client or with a friendship or whatever, I ask my higher power to speak with me and through me, right? With me and through me. And when I do that, my message is about me, but it's not for me. And so that servant leadership, that humility that I speak about, I never forget where I, where I came from. You know, I never forget that because when people talk about, we all get that nervousness about to, to speak, right? But what I take from that is like, that's because I'm so passionate about what I want to say. And so then I'm like, I have no fear when my message to serve is clear. And I, and I, I think that's why we connect so well, Harrison, because when we speak, you can tell it's like, it, it's just this, right? Like our, our goal is just like, let me get it to as many people as we possibly can. And I think that's what makes this spiritual journey for me so vulnerable Excuse me, because when I speak, when I, when I speak about what I'm speaking about, it gives other people permission to do the same when I share. And I've been on so many paths in my journey and taken time to myself to find my soul again. And I'm so proud of her that when I get the opportunity to share, I just, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm feeling called to move it. One of the first assignments that I give my clients is the 10 I am's because what follows I am creates your reality. And all my clients are like, oh, affirmations, affirmations, you know, and I'm like, and I, I laugh because especially my male clients are like, can we Google? I'm like, no, you can't use Google to, you know, do your I am's and we joke. And so I share my experience of when is the last time you looked at yourself in the mirror and said something positive to yourself? So I share that it took me a very long time to look at myself in a mirror and say something positive. I said, you know, I would look down or I would laugh or I'd be like, this is, I can't do it, you know? So I went to my nephew's 23rd birthday party last night and I got home and, you know, I was in the bathroom and I was doing something last night and I looked up and I, for the first time, and I've been doing this work for a while, for a hot minute. For the first time, I looked at myself and I was like, wow, you look beautiful. I love you. I am so proud of you. And I, was, I wasn't shocked that I said it. I wasn't, and I, I was in complete acceptance. And I didn't feel like I was being braggy or boastful. And I said, you, it has been a long time. You have been working on yourself to be able to sit here in confidence and say that. Mm. And I just wept Yeah, and I haven't cried probably. And it's been a year yeah. easy. And it was the most powerful moment. And I just sat with myself in there and why that had so much meaning for me is because I sit with myself for two seconds in my addiction. And I can now use that 
to inspire my clients that this can be you too. Yeah. So beautiful, Kelly. Uh, I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing that beautiful experience with us and a lot of love coming through the Facebook chat and community for you too. It really, I think you're, you've been tuning into my visualizations because I, I was, I was planning this conversation. I had a visualization of you opening your heart before we started recording this and it very much was like, Oh, that's it. That's, that's the piece that I must've been seeing. And it highlights something very significant. We all felt it, right? I felt it as I'm here with you. And I really want to highlight this for everyone tuning in. And this is very much a part of this resilient story. In my opinion, there is a misconception in our community that vulnerability sensitivity is a weakness that it's something that we should i mean i'll just speak from a male perspective there is a it's very much indoctrinated within boys men that the divine feminine that moves through them is a weakness right any sensitivity any emotion vulnerability but that's not what we all experienced when we got to hear you share that story kelly i i experienced an, an attraction towards you rather than a repulsion, right? Rather than a, oh, I need to turn away. And why is that? It's because we all have that same beating heart. We all have that channel of love moving through us. So I guess let me throw you, I'd make this a question here for you, Kelly. As someone that is maybe moving, listening to this show today and maybe is moving through some kind of addiction or is interested in spiritual resilience. How can we start to open our heart in that way? How can we start to see our vulnerability as a power? Is it just doing those affirmations or is there more to it? Thank you for that. You know, <clears throat> I started learning vulnerability. was not my, not in my wheelhouse when I started. <clears throat> And I started, you know, don't look at the whole staircase right away with vulnerability. We focus on the first step. And so vulnerability, especially, and thank you for bringing it up for men too, right? Because it's looked at as a weakness when indeed it is your greatest strength. And it is the opening for the innovation of creativity and change and all, you know, it's just beautiful. My for my recommendation for vulnerability is vulnerability doesn't mean, you know, meeting somebody and just being like opening your heart, like, like, here's everything about me in one fell swoop, right? It's take, it's having the courage to risk what we talked about in the beginning, the reciprocity of, of love and things like that. My first steps would be, you know, practicing those, those I am's in a place that's safe for you. And then practicing it with someone you feel safe with at first. You know, if you have somebody close to you, practice sharing something with them little that that you know you feel like so you know you if Harrison if me and you are really like intimate and I say to you like hey you know may I share something with you and and can you hold safe because Brene Brown is my person that I go to about vulnerability, right? And she says, not everybody deserves to hear your story, right? They they have to earn that right. And especially people that have had past traumas or hurts or that have been had their vulnerabilities used against them, 
So you want to practice it. Maybe you want to practice it first in a journal with a lock on it. And you want to, you want to practice like writing it out and getting it out and locking it and, and practice that trust and vulnerability first with yourself and see how it feels for you. So start taking little baby steps, but I think 99% of the success with vulnerability is consistency. Yeah. If you practice it first and build that trust and accountability and integrity and, and boundaries within yourself with the vulnerability first, then you can start mirroring it out to other people and see how it feels. But yeah. you got to feel safe within your own home first. Yeah. It's a, another one of these muscles that we talked about earlier, right? It's another one of these spiritual, I would count it as a spiritual muscle that we need to be devotional towards. And I'll add a little tip on top of it and get your thoughts on it, Kelly. I think it's also, so it's, it's, it's making that safe container for yourself and sharing with yourself and, and slowly stepping out into the world. And I also think it's allowing your intuitive guidance to come through, right? Your intuitive guidance is often connected to this vulnerability that you need to share. So for example, right, you just, you got the hit to share the story on the show with us right now. Where did that come from? That came from that intuitive channel and said, Oh, I, I want you to be vulnerable, but I want you to be vulnerable in this way with this person in this format right now. Right. And that's, that's something we all have access to. Do you agree with that, Kelly? I absolutely agree with that. So I don't know if you've ever heard, you know, that, that five second rule, you know, how many, can you imagine if every time we actually said what we were thinking to the person we were thinking it, I'll, I'll, I'll take full, I'll, I'll, I'll be accountable right here. I hold back because what do we fear? What are our biggest fears? Rejection right? Rejection, being told no, you know, that, that those fears and what does everybody want to be seen, heard, loved, you know, validated. And so can you imagine if every time we got that, that download, like, I want to share right now, what's on my heart to this person in this moment. And we risk that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. what this world would look like. Yeah. Holy cow. A change, change overnight. I mean, unbelievable, but we fear like, oh my gosh, well, what will they think? Or, or would they, would they accept me back or would they reject it? Or is that too vulnerable? Or would that be too much? Or am I too much? Or, but it's all those assumptions. I'm guilty of it. I, you know, cause this is a lifelong journey for me. Right. But I did, I got that, that feeling because your head is all these thoughts, right? That's your thinking. And then your heart goes, yes, but follow me. This is how you feel. This is how you feel. Your gut's like, hey, you two, hey, you two, fo- follow me because you're, that's your intuition. And it's right every time. Yeah. Yeah, I could, we, could, we could go so much deeper into this, Kelly, but uh, I want to and be mindful of your time and, and be careful of all the rabbit holes we can go down to. I um, I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, I really enjoy your heart and your soul. I have a couple of questions left for you, but before I get to them, I want to give you a bit of space. You know, what what is left for people tuning in that have either 
come from addictions or are moving through addictions right now and they want to get to this spiritual resilience, what's a final thought or a final tip that you wish to share with anyone tuning in that we haven't hit on yet? I think the biggest thing, you know, that I work with in people in recovery is I want to take them through this process in a shorter amount of time than I needed to with a lot less pain. And what I, my biggest, my biggest tip would be is that why there's such a low percentage of, of recovery is because life continues to happen. And that is why resilience is so important because you can get clean or you can, you can help with your addictive patterns and destructive behavior, right? is going to continue to happen. So even if you remove the drugs and alcohol, you really got to figure out the root cause of, of why you self-suppress. We're all addicted to something. So whether you've gone down the right of the path of drugs and alcohol, or whether you're addicted to success, whether you're addicted to procrastination, whether you're addicted to electronics, whether you're addicted to people-pleasing, Really finding out what is the root cause, it always comes back to what we're talking about today, Harrison. The root cause is self-love, self-worth, self-forgiveness, all of those things that start with self. And so in order to get relief and find that inner freedom and break those chains that weigh you down every day, You've got to bring that unconscious to the conscious and you got to flip yourself over and get really, really honest with your current reality. Yeah. I love it, Kelly. The image that I get when you share that is the, I mean, this is what addictions are, right? It's the reason that you're focusing on self-love and that self-care and that self-connection because all addictions are an externalization of the self, right? I see the image of this, this ball of love, this ball of innate worth and value, and we've attached it to the thing, right? To the person, place, or thing activity that we have an addiction to. So as you're beautifully highlighting, it's opening ourselves up to bring that self back into where it has always been, right? Back into that beautiful heart space, that center of our being. Kelly. If people tuning in, I had some extra questions coming in. They're asking about how uh, how do we help others kick addictions? How do we go deeper into this? What's more information? If they want to reach out to you, they want to tune into your work. They want to, I know you have a book. Where would you like to send people? Yeah. And just, uh, just what you just said, just to Please. highlight that for people Please. to give them, to give them some, it all comes back to what is already in you. Like people are like, this is going to be such a hard journey with addiction. It's like, you're coming back to who you already are. You know, Brene Brown says true belonging. You don't have to change who you are. You just have to be who you are. It's already in here. We just have to find it again. Right. Um, Yes. So exciting news. First of all, you can find me on my website, which is www.kellybazani.com. And on there are all my free resources, all my YouTubes that speak about all of this stuff, right? Mindfulness, mindset, conscious choice, 
power of spirituality, where we t- I talk about the four archetypes. Um, so those are all free resources for people that want to kick addiction. I did one with my mom, the two sides of the addiction coin. So um, if they want more resources about that, my book is also um, on my website um, and my speaking page is on there. If um, people want to um, book me for a speaking engagement. I am also for people that are asking how we learn more about this. I am hosting a free 90 minute webinar um, on August 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I will be um, promoting that on my Facebook page, um, which is Kelly Bazzani. And that is free. So if anybody resonates with what we were talking about today and wants to learn, wants to go like in it to win it a little bit more, um, that would be a great webinar to come to. And I'll be hosting those three times a month. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. And so that will be great for people to come to if they want more information on this kind of stuff. Yeah. And for everyone tuning in either live uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or on the podcast, I'll put all of the links to Kelly and her website and her webinar and all the things in the show notes. So you can click it and go straight there. Kelly, Kelly, I love you very much. And I, as expected, really appreciated this dance and this connection with you today. I have one question to finish off this conversation and I have a really good feeling around how you're going to answer it, but I want to ask it anyway and see what comes out of you. This is the cosmic love antenna. And one of the reasons I refer to that is in my journey, in my healing of addictions and connection back to myself, I came back to the remembering that my higher power, my inner guidance system is one of love, is is love itself. So my question for you, Kelly, is in your world, how do you personally define that four-letter love word? For me, coming back to myself, I define love for me as, for me in my journey, it was forgiveness. When I found self-forgiveness and self-compassion for myself, it was the best love story with myself I could have ever imagined. So I define love as, ooh, that was a deep one, Harrison. I wasn't, I'm not crying twice on his podcast. When I chose to forgive myself and find self-compassion, people always ask me, do you feel alone? And I said, you can't feel alone when you love the person that you're alone with. I have become my own best friend. I define love as safety, security, trust. I see myself. And I then am able to reciprocate that out to other people. And that is the biggest gift that I have been able to do because able to see that security and that trust and that love, then I have that reciprocity with other people. And then I'm open to receive it, which I never was able to do before. Mm. Beautiful, Kelly. 
you can just so you know, you can cry as many times as you want. On this Ooh, I'm like trying to hold it together. I'm all, okay, so my website is this and <laughs> you, you, you remember that you have a 3d form, but then I, I mix things up a little bit and it's like, Oh, nope, you're not getting off the hook that easy. Uh, Kelly, that was beautiful. Thank you, my friend for being you and sharing your beautiful heart Ooh. with all of us today. I, yeah. I, re- I appreciate you. I love you very much. I adore you, Harrison. Always have, always will. Man, you're such a gift and a blessing in my life. And you add to the alchemy of love and unconditional love and spirituality and just beautiful essence. You are such a gift in my life. Thank you. Received, Kelly. Received. Beautiful beings. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for adding all your beautiful comments in the Facebook chat, on, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. If you tuned in on the podcast, we appreciate your hearts and listening in intently. If this brought you guidance and insight, please share this out far and wide. But regardless, both Kelly and I love you very much. Until next time here on the show, we send you love, we send you light, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. If you're a working professional wondering what's next for your career, you've come to the right place. Whether you're looking for a promotion, growth, or a potential career transition, look no further. With over 30 years working in a variety of industries, I share my insider knowledge with those ready to get ahead on Career Advancement with Craig Ansell. Tune in to get your strategies for success. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.